and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of your frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too. Collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory networks. You know what? everyone, it's Jenny here, back with another Sensory Matters show, and today I am chatting to Denise Resnick, all the way over in Arizona and Phoenix. So hi, Denise, how are you today? Doing very well and enjoying our very sunny weather. Which is totally bizarre to hear, because it's December in Scotland, well it's December in a, where you are too, but it's we've had snow the last couple of days. So and we had 70 degree weather, <laughs> sorry to rub it in. <laughs> It's just amazing how different it is from, it really is, because, you know, a few hours north of you, there'd probably be snow by now. Well, we're starting to get a little bit of snow. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's been a very warm season. Has it? Okay. So do you tend to get white, white winters? Not in Phoenix, we do not. Okay. But yeah. And one of the beauties of our community is um, having sunshine nearly year round. Wow. Which is actually great for um for making it a, a disability friendly community also yeah absolutely yeah very good well i'm dead excited about talking to denise because um it was shelly actually who is our partner in america who found you and then passed you on to me and i read all about first place and was amazed because i've never come across this before in anywhere and it's it sounds really revolutionary to me but let's start at the very beginning before we get into how it's evolved and what it is now so let's start with your story in terms of becoming involved in our community and your personal story as to the journey that you've taken to where you are now well thank you for having me and thank you for what you're doing to connect us all and help spread the word you're welcome. by way of background and yes and you do it well thank you I, by way of background, I'm the mother of a 27-year-old son with autism and a 29-year-old daughter without autism. And our journey in this space is clearly because of Matthew's diagnosis 25 years ago when we were told to love, accept, and plan to institutionalize our son. And early on, I went to some of those places, and I ran away as fast as I possibly could. Yeah. I remember what I saw, what I smelled, how they made me feel, and committed back then that we were going to find a better way and that's what I remain committed to now wow okay my, my background is in real estate and communications and marketing right out of college I worked at the Dell Webb Corporation which here is a senior of is the um, granddaddy of senior housing they developed something called Sun City about 50 years ago okay and back then we, we had one option for retirees and um, they could drive around in golf carts and play a lot of golf. And if you fast forward, you look around today, all the different locations and price points, amenity services for people who are 55 and older. And in many ways, I believe we are today with housing for special populations, where senior housing was some 50 years ago. Yeah. We need more options and we need more locations and price points yeah. because a diagnosis doesn't really identify what somebody needs in their housing and community life. And we need to do a better job of segmenting the market and then responding to that segment. 
Yeah, absolutely. So your your son then, you said he's 27 now and he was diagnosed 25 years ago. So he was just two when he was diagnosed. That's right. He was That's diagnosed. young, isn't it? It, it is young. Um, back then it was young. He was developing very similarly to our daughter and she was doing well. And we were told that she was doing the talking for him and not to worry. Okay. But really, he was going deaf. Um, he started, stopped responding to us, stopped looking at us. And we did receive that diagnosis of autism when he was two. Okay. And today, when a family receives a diagnosis of autism, we'd like to be able to not only tell them, but to show them that individuals can have a life. They can have a job. They can have friends. They can have a supportive community. And they can have a home of their own. Yeah. So when you were faced with that, um, and and you were like, "Wow, I am not, I am not accepting how this is at the moment, and I'm going to do things differently." What were the challenges that you faced as a family that just kind of grounded that feeling and made you more passionate about doing what you've done today? Fear. <laughs> yeah. Fear of that looming question and not being able to answer it of who's going to care for him when we're no longer able to do so. Yeah. And in our lifetimes, we so wanted and so want to be able to help him transition and not leave it to somebody else. Yeah. Okay. So um, what does his autism look like? Because everybody's autism is completely different. You are absolutely right. His autism challenges him with communication with executive functioning and processing and with his ability to um, connect in many ways with his surroundings. Okay. That said, he's a very smart man. He's a sweet guy. He's never done a mean thing to anyone in his entire life. <laughs> he's a hardworking young man. He has a business called Smile Biscotti. And it's an acronym for Supporting My Independent Living Enterprise. Great. And he makes and mixes and packages and delivers biscotti most days of the week with others who also have autism. And you've never seen anything like it to, to see he and his co-worker crack 700 eggs in less than an hour. Or other co-workers peeling, you know, dozens and dozens packages of butter and measuring hundreds of pounds of ingredients and then what they do so meticulously to package them and seal them and label them it's beautiful and if given the choice between more work and a break they'll always choose more work yeah and so while he's significantly impacted by his autism we're fortunate that he does not have self-injurious or any violent behaviors he's a loving man mm -hmm. and He's a happy guy. Great. Okay, so how, how did you go from being a family who has a neurotypical child, one with, with autism, to deciding to do what you've done today? Explain to our listeners what you've done. 22 years ago, I co-founded the Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center with a big vision to ensure that that we would support individuals with autism and their families throughout their lifetimes while advancing discoveries. Okay. And in 1999, wrote the first strategic plan on what housing options and community options would look like. 
and have been working ever since to deliver on that plan. In 2012, I founded a sister nonprofit called First Place, as we importantly needed to separate the real estate from the support, services, and research that SARC was doing. Yeah. And clearly, real estate requires a much different risk tolerance. And so in 2012, we began in earnest to work on what we now know as First Place, as well as some other places. But First Place is our um, flagship. It is our R&D property, and it opened to 30 residents in July and has been growing ever since. Wow. We have here at First Place an 81,000-square-foot property with 55 apartment units that include one, two, and four-bedroom suites. The four-bedroom suites are dedicated to one of our three uses, which is our Transition Academy. We refer to them as students or participants in what is a two-year program, intensive program, helping individuals learn those important life skills and career readiness skills and interpersonal skills. Mm -hmm. And then people can come to us as an apartment resident, not enrolled in an intensive program. And this is their home. And their home includes amenities and supports and a very robust community life activity. And community life is, um, it not only includes things that are happening here at the property of First Place Phoenix, but also connecting them to the broader community. We, so, we sought after this location because it's in the heart of our urban area. And it's within walking distance of public transit and light rail. Yeah. It's within um, um, also our very supportive community, which PBS NewsHour acknowledged as the most autism-friendly city in the world. And so it's helping to connect our residents to jobs and healthcare, lifelong learning, friends, recreation. And we knew from our research that while families really wanted the home and a safe, secure, and comfortable environment, they also wanted to know what their adult sons and daughters were going to be doing all day. Yeah. And, and while safety and security and technology cameras and such are really important, um, the best safety and security system is more eyes and ears, more people in our lives we don't pay to care about us and people who really do care about us. Yeah. And so this is our opportunity um, and a real privilege to be able to demonstrate how successfully we are helping individuals integrate into the broader fabric of our community and making it a more enriching place for us all. Wow, wow, it's just mind-blowing. It's just, it's so, so brilliant, it really is. And and it's not, when I first looked at it, I thought, ooh, um, is that like a little hub of, of autism thing? It's separate from the world, but you're very much trying to encourage that integration if it's appropriate as well, aren't you? Um, Absolutely, and, and also promoting neurodiversity. So just as being a senior doesn't tell you what a person needs, again, whether they have health and mobility issues or whether they're ready to re-career and, and pursue um, you know, their new bucket list, um, being a person with autism doesn't tell us exactly what somebody needs. Yeah. And so what we're promoting is choice. And we're teeing up a residential option and allowing people to choose, just like you and I choose. Yes. You know, you like the school district for your kids or you liked it because it was, you know, close to your favorite shopping or because of the affordability of it. And the same, too, for, for people um, with autism and other different abilities, that they should be able to choose 
and we should work hard to create a marketplace so that we have more choices for them. And, you know, there are people, too, who change over time. Few of us live in the same home forever. Yeah. And so yeah. it's our interest in, in helping people not only live successfully here at first place, but also in their next places. Okay. So is it is it really a stepping stone to them going out in the real big bad world, or can it be somewhere that becomes their home for forever? It's both. You're absolutely right. For several, it will be their home for a very long time. And for many others, uh, they will find their friends and their jobs and the supportive community. And when they don't need all these supports or pay for them, mm -hmm. they will move on to their next place. Okay, so imagine I am a parent of um, a, an adult child and I'm wanting to look at your facilities. How, how does it work? Like, is there a, a system where you kind of tailor things to the individual? What kind of they pick and choose in their package, if you like? Great question, and yes, there's not a one-size-fits-all, and it is an individual approach. And we have two different on-ramps, if you would, for living here at First Place. One is through the First Place Transition Academy, and students or participants need to be accepted to this program. Okay. They will go through a clinical examination or clinical evaluation with our partners at the Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center, okay. as will their parents. Okay. And so that will help them all determine whether this is a person who can be successful. And the number one criteria for being admitted to that program is their commitment to wanting to live independently. Okay. They have to be committed to wanting to do that. Yeah. And then they need a certain level of skill to be able to communicate and to be able to pull all the pieces together. Okay. The second way to get through um, and to be a resident here at First Place is through the apartments. And as you indicated, um, it's it's not for everyone, and it is individualized. So this is not an in, this is not a space for individuals who truly need a medical home, mm -hmm. who have self injurious or violent behaviors. We don't have that level of support here okay. for that. This is for the individuals who have ability to communicate um, their needs, and um, who demonstrate. Um, that they can live with supports mm -hmm. um, um, here at first place. And so in terms of that menu of options, mm -hmm. some people need help with um, preparing a meal, others with personal skills and life skills, others with navigating transportation, yeah. others with resolving differences or um, balancing their checkbook. And so, um, and some need oversight with medication. Uh, we are not a medical licensed property, so we're not touching that medication, yeah. but some need to be reminded um, and uh, parents need to be assured that it's getting done. Yeah, okay. So if we take the first option, the academy option, and you said you go through an evaluation and commitment is the, is the big thing, I guess sometimes you'll probably face individuals who really want to do it and their families are less sure and then the other way around and I guess you've got to have all of them behind it in terms of that commitment for it to work um, but the two-year program what, what does that look like what happens over those two years those days are very full and they start early for our, our students who are learning how to get up and get ready on their own, setting their alarm clock, making their bed, selecting the correct clothing, making their, their breakfast, mm -hmm. and also getting themselves ready for the day. And that includes public transportation. Mm -hmm. 
because once you leave your home, you're needing to get to your full life and navigate your way. And you're going to a job. It may be a volunteer job, an internship, or paid employment. Mm -hmm. And then you're spending two hours most days at a community college. You're on a community college campus, and you're taking our courses. In the, in the two-year period, you'll take 32 semester-length courses, which are 17 weeks each. Yeah. And those yeah. will involve everything from personal finance, personal safety, how to make a meal, how to balance a budget, issues on sexuality, resolving differences with friends, making a friend, making a, a date, and, um, and learning how to be a responsible adult. And that's two years of intensive work. And it's not easy. These students and participants work very hard. And our partners at the Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center work very hard with them. Yeah. And they are the operating partner of our program. And so do you set those jobs or volunteer opportunities up for them? Is that part of the, the package, if you like? We do. And we also promote choice based on their interests okay. and their talents wow. and to help them explore those. And several also volunteer on top of that, as um, we found a few real favorites here with the Arizona Animal Welfare League and the Arizona Humane Society. Okay. And then, so how, how is, I mean, do you measure the success of it? Are they kind of set targets and reviews? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So as a clinical partner, um, operating partner with the program, SARC is collecting data, and we're in the process right now of working with um, Arizona State University mm -hmm. on, um, on some research studies and demonstrating outcomes. Okay. So through that, are you also going to learn things like what, what practices are the most successful at helping people become independent? So, you know, there might be different ways of teaching someone, I don't know, how to be ready and on time. And through that, you'll learn which is, tends to be more effective. Is it a bit of that or, or not so much? Understanding and appreciating that we have so many different learners, mm -hmm. we have to also make sure that we stratify our, um, you know, our approaches yeah. uh, based on the um, the curriculum that we've created. Okay. So that we believe will be an ongoing stratification and yeah. and uh, tailored approach. We do have these thirty-two semester-length courses, which um, we are licensing to other groups who have an interest. Right. And so at the end of the two years, what happens? Individuals in most cases have saved enough for their first and last month's rent and they're going on to their next place. Okay. A few of them upon graduation have um, chosen to come back here and live at First Place Phoenix. And that's certainly one of the options. At the same time, First Place AZ, our nonprofit, is opening doors to other places. We have collaborated with a wonderful nonprofit called the Foundation for Senior Living on an affordable housing property that co-locates seniors, primarily who do not have autism, with people who do have autism. It's a beautiful expression of community. And if you're hearing any background noise, those are a few very excited Transition Academy students. They're working this afternoon on learning how to... Um, correctly use a fire extinguisher. So I hope you can appreciate that there's a lot of excitement right now here at yeah, First Place. I can imagine. So even that, just su such skills that we all take for granted, you know, that you're, you're equipping these people with and giving them the confidence to go out there. 
We're going to take a quick break to tell you about this week's special offer. Throughout March, you can get a bubble bangle free when you buy any necklace from our website, www.chewygem.co.uk. Simply add your bubble bangle and your necklace to the basket, type in the code bubba, and you will get your bubble bangle for free. And don't forget, if you need any help and support, you can join our Facebook group, the Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group. Now back to the podcast. very concerted and disciplined way and as you might appreciate it's not just in the classroom although they're spending two hours in a classroom each day they're also part of a community college campus they're able to experience community and test what they're learning to and from that campus and those courses they're also bringing back those skills to what we call their independent living classrooms also known as their homes or their apartments where they're putting it all to the test. So it's not just the didactic learning, it's actually learning by doing and reinforcing that each and every day. Can you give me, um, without naming names, an example case study of someone that went from A to B that you just, or A to Z, that you're just dead chuffed about, that you think, yeah, that is what this is about, there's a success. We had a, a student who came in and who had some particular health goals and within the past four months, he has lost 22 pounds. We had another who, again, was committed to wanting to live independently, um, but came here without any real direction on what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. He just sat me down last month to let me know that he went from three friends to 10 friends, Mm -hmm. that he has a career direction. He wants to be a nurse or a nurse's assistant, He now has books that his grandmother was, you know, uh, that his grandmother had used um, because that was her selection and and her vocation and profession. And he's experienced joy and his parents have experienced joy like they've never experienced before. He's learned to advocate for himself um, when he wanted to change roommates. He um, prepared a whole case for why Mm -hmm. he felt a roommate change was needed and um, this is this is real life stuff and real practice that individuals are getting with support. And we have several students who have experienced some some great accomplishments. And you know, they all start in different places too. And we had residents, students who have gone off to live on their own with friends they met in the transition academy who are now working full time. Um, one just recently became engaged. Oh, that's so good. That's so good because I, I think it is. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't because it's it's something I hear an awful lot. So many parents are worried about exactly what you said at the beginning. It's what happens when I'm gone. Can they can they live an independent life? Um, and they're scared for them. And to to offer a program like this, I just hope that hope you spread it across the world to help more people because. I think it's very much needed. Um, so, on, on and to hear you as well, you're obviously still very closely involved with your students. It's not something that you manage from afar. You seem to know them, which is lovely as well. So I, I do spend a lot of time here at First Place Phoenix, mm-hmm. and um, and it's it's as we talk about it, we're a learning organization and a living learning laboratory, not just for the transition academy, which we just talked about, but also for the apartments 
And the third use, which we have not talked about, which is located here, is the first place Global Leadership Institute. And when you talk about spreading it around the world, yeah. we have yeah. spent a few decades evaluating and researching 100 properties across the country and looking for those best practices and what works well in an urban or suburban or, or rural community, but close to where family members live. We've worked really hard to talk to families and understand what's in their hearts and their dreams, as well as, you know, and importantly, um, the individuals whose lives are being directly affected. And, um, and so there's a lot of learning that has taken place, a lot of research, and a lot of goals that we do have, including um, expansion of this model in other communities. Great. So let's know, well, I also wanted to ask about your son in terms of is is he is he um, an example of success in that is he now living independently has has he gone through this process himself he has not gone through the transition academy he doesn't qualify to do that he doesn't fully appreciate what it would mean okay. to um, commit to living independently okay. but he is going through the process right now of learning how to live here at the first place apartments Great. and we are learning a lot every day and he's doing quite well from never using a key or answering the door or um, his phone um, to doing all the above, making um, most of his meals. He was doing some of this at home along with laundry and emptying dishwasher. Yeah. And, um, and, but, we're, but he's got more friends here and, and they're certainly a lot more fun than his dad and me playing Uno and Scrabble and don't tire as easily as we do. Yeah. He's working out in the fitness center. He's hanging out in the Lego lounge. He's participating in not only the activities here at first place, but also connecting to the community. So this weekend, as an example, we took the light rail public transit to Lucky Strike Bowling, where a number of his friends and neighbors went bowling with him. And then we went on to the Musical Instrument Museum, and we took a hike here in our beautiful 70 degree weather with some of his friends. And, you know, we, so many of us, um, present company included, have friends for, you know, different seasons of life or different times of the day or the year yeah. or based on our needs. And it's so beautiful to see a community coming together. Um, not only one that we envision, but one that is truly happening organically yeah. because we've created such thoughtfulness and the design and the space and the connectivity. And now the residents are, are helping us better understand what needs to be done. Great. So before, but I want to talk about part two, the apartments and the global leadership. But before we do that, let's talk a bit about the design and the space. What things did you take into account when looking for a property and designing it and making it right? After evaluating 100 more than 100 properties across the country and around the world, we set forth 10 specific design goals and guidelines, which can be found on our website at firstplaceaz.org. The name of the study we produced in 2009 is called Opening Doors. And we took all those design goals into consideration, and we took many guidelines um, into consideration too. Some of them we did not believe made the economic sensibilities um, for a replicable property, but we certainly considered them. And so here at First Place, you will feel how we are responsive to sensory issues mm -hmm. with a quieter building. You will um, also experience um, um, sound baffles 
to deaden noise in certain spaces. Mm -hmm. And um, you won't see the extra gypsum in between the floors. Mm -hmm. You will, however, um, see um, LED, low voltage lighting. There are no fluorescent lights here. Mm -hmm. You'll also note materials that have greater durability and are easier for residents to also clean and care for. Okay. There are um, certainly safety and security protocols in terms of how the building is configured, not to mention the 36 cameras in public spaces, indoors and outdoors around the property. It's important for us to also have limited ingress and egress. It's important for us to know always who's in our home. Um, so we do have a check-in, check-out system. Right. We've used technology throughout the property also to help individuals um, be reminded or learn how to live more independently, um, including our, our card key access system. And so um, there are numerous um, ways in which we've incorporated um, design goals and guidelines um, that include all non-toxic low VOC materials and a real promotion of health and wellness in the spaces also that we've created, like our health spot and our sports pool, our fitness room, and really helping individuals better understand how to care for their self and their own health, yeah. um, including that meditation yoga room. Yeah. Wow. Very good. So, I mean, I, I hoped and assumed you would have things like the lighting taken care of and all that kind of stuff for obvious reasons. Um, but I wonder as well, do you, do you have to buy a vat load of WD-40 or something to, you know, if there's a squeaky window or, or a door or something, or do you look for windows and doors that are just, you know, don't swing and bang and squeak and things like that? Is it, so is it literally every bit of material that goes into the building that is considered, really? It has been considered, really. Yeah, which is just um, fab. Right. Because um, so important for, for people to feel comfortable um, to live Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and vital to be considered. So that's brilliant. Okay, so let's talk about the apartment arm of it. So you can just as anyone would go out and rent any apartment, come and rent an apartment from you guys. And the benefits of that would be obviously you're, you, you've got some support if you need it, you're mixing with people with similar challenges um, who, who are perhaps more understanding and it's, it's like a transition without the transition program, I suppose. It's, it's a stepping stone maybe? So it, it is a stepping stone and for some it'll be home forever. Yeah. It includes, as we promote the neurodiversity, yeah. it also includes doctoral fellows as we need future leaders, current and future leaders, to work in this space of adults with different abilities. Mm -hmm. So we have created a fellowship program which allows our doctoral residents to live among the very population they want to serve. And in addition to demonstrating what it means to be a supportive neighbor, we are also um, helping them with um, um, their research and their um, passionate pursuit by involving them 20 hours a week in the Global Leadership Institute. So um, what you just experienced was my lights going off because yes. uh, <laughs> there was no motion. Um, I was sitting so quietly here. Um, and that is part of an energy feature for some of the rooms in the building. Okay. Um, so you got to experience that. So the, um, the diversity of the residents is also very important um, to bringing a community together and the complementary, complementary with an E, of course, um, uh, skills that these residents are bringing.
great. And so again, is there a process to be able to secure one of your apartments? There is a absolutely, and it's on our website in detailed fashion. Okay. And like any other apartment community, it will include a background and credit check for the payer. Yes. And then it will um, help a resident and their family or guardian better understand the service, the supports that we offer, the amenities, the community life, and how those work for an individual who might be considering first place as a home. Okay. Okay. That sounds ideal. So, okay. In terms of the global leadership that you were on about then, so what's, what's the, I mean, obviously the, the vision in my head, and I'm sure it's in yours as well, is to like have a, a place like first place in every major town and city across the world. That would be but I'm sure that's that's massive. Um, so in your head, wh where are you going with it? What are you hoping to do next? And what's your kind of longer term plan? Well, we continue to focus on this word attainable. Okay. So it's a, a wonderful word. It's where you start and then you do your next thing. Yeah. And what we want to do is to be a best practices option in markets where we have a presence, recognizing that while we may not be in every market, where we do have a presence in markets around the world, we want to be that best practices option, a, a brand people can trust, mm -hmm. a brand that also is connected from city to city so that we can also um, promote the training and, um, and education of those direct support providers so we do get better outcomes and that people would stay in their jobs longer because they're um, not only feeling the benefits of a, a paycheck um, that they can live on, but also the benefits of these positive outcomes. Yeah. That will also allow us to align research platforms and collect data and make a, a grander case for policy, public policy, mm -hmm. where we truly want to move the needle. So within the First Place Global Leadership Institute, we have five specific centers, one focused on that applied research and that data collection, another on community and real estate development, mm -hmm. a third on education, training, and employment, and then one on expression, which is not only about communication, but also about experiencing arts and culture and all the different ways we can express ourselves. And then the fifth is on public policy, that how do we demonstrate what's possible in this environment and in similarly situated environments and, um, and create more supportive policy that's getting better outcomes. Because sadly, we are investing um, a lot of money early on and importantly investing money in early diagnostics, early diagnosis, early intervention, early education. But after people leave school, they're, they're faced with disjointed to non-existent services, mm -hmm. few options in terms of what to do and where to live. Mm -hmm. And for people with autism, as we know from the A.J. Drexel study, they slide backwards at a far greater rate than other disability groups. And we cannot allow that to continue to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, I, I hear it all the time. People say, it, it's. I mean, I think there's still very much a myth that you grow out of autism, that auti autistic adults don't exist. But of course, all autistic people just are autistic people and they will grow and, into adults. And that's, you know, but they get they do get lost and forgotten about. And exactly what you say, that the support that they've maybe had, if they've been lucky enough to get it, pretty much vanishes. Um, and and it will be fascinating. Maybe we'll hook back up in a year's time and you might have some answers on this, but it would be wonderful to be able to prove, um, you know, that the, 
success of a program like yours and an apartment like yours to showing employability versus you know people that come to you their chances of gaining the life skills being independent being successful in the world and holding down a job versus people that don't continue to have the support um that they've had in childhood in adulthood because surely Mm -hmm. that for the greater good of us all in terms of taxes and governments and you know absolutely and self-worth for the individual as well um, and their own feelings of success so important so important for everyone and and you raised such a well you made so many good points but for so many years we did focus on the disability the disability community and truly we really gained our momentum when we started looking up at what do other people want and why should it be so different for people with autism and other special needs. They want a home, they want friends, they want to have a meaningful job, um, they want a life, and they don't want to live necessarily their parents' lives or be schlepped to where mom and dad are going every day. Yeah. And they yeah. deserve that, and they've worked so hard for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think it's 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 so exciting. I'm honestly, I was so excited to find you and, and hear about this. Well, I, just, I really am, it's good. And I hope to uh, get you out to Phoenix for some of the sunshine. Yeah, well, that would be absolutely wonderful. It really would. Um, so for the moment, obviously, you're, you're very much Phoenix, Arizona based. Um, but if people want to get involved with you or connect with you, what kind of things can they do? They can join us for the next First Place Global Leadership Institute Symposium, which is happening April 24th through the 26th. In October, we hosted our fall symposium, and we had 75 leaders from 20 states and Canada, and um, we've um, we've had a, a remarkable, remarkable people coming together, uh, like-minded um, pioneers yeah. who are looking for what we can do and how we can be stronger together. And so if that's of interest, I would encourage people to write to us at info at firstplaceaz.org and spell out the word first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they can come and get involved with that. And obviously they can come, your, your website's full of information and your history and, and much more detail on what you do. So I would encourage everyone to go and have a look at that as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's fantastic. Is there anything that we've, well, in fact, I'll ask you this before we finish up. Um, your bugbears, your biggest frustrations when that you've you've faced that you wish you could just magic away and that people would stop thinking that about the community that we operate in. Oh, what a great question! You had to throw that in at the end, didn't <laughs> you? So, the biggest yeah, what the do biggest you wish, challenge? I suppose. What what do you wish? You wish, you know, I w- I wish it wasn't like this. I wish we did have some form of segmentation. I wish we did have some nomenclature. I wish we could speak the same language among the private sector and the public sector and the philanthropic and nonprofit sectors. We have an immature marketplace. And when people see a property, they think it has to be for them. It doesn't work that way in the general market. It doesn't work that way in this space either. Mm-hmm. And when they, you know, people see an individual with special needs, Many think they have to live in a group home or that's where they're going to be placed. And, and I, I'd, I'd love to be able to change the way that we talk about people with different needs and different abilities 
and segment the market so we can get the private sector involved in helping us uh, propel this area. Philanthropy can't do it alone. Government's not going to do it alone. We need private sector to really ignite a marketplace. And, and in essence, what we're doing here as a nonprofit and with philanthropic dollars is we're, we're trying to de-risk it for the other two. So think of this as a super highway. We're all in this together. Yep, and yep. if the two lanes in the philanthropic and nonprofit space can de-risk it for getting the private sector involved and then getting the government involved, we can really go someplace. And, and, and it's going to require all of us working together to do that. And that's why we're setting forth these semi-annual Global Leadership Institute Symposia and why we love people coming here and experiencing our community and learning from them about theirs and what we can do to be stronger together. Brilliant. Okay, that's really good. And do you have any other final message to, to our listeners? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, you know, it's not easy. The stepping stones are not easy for certainly individuals, um, but they're not easy for us as parents. And, and we, we have to do this. We have to put one foot in front of the other. We have to accept the natural consequences. We're not always going to be successful. We have to make sure to the best of our abilities, of course we do no harm, but we have to try and we have to support each other. Um, it's really important to create a supportive environment um, so that we can do more together and respect the differences and the different types of properties and different needs that individuals have. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's what we need to do. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that I've taken away from, from talking to you is not accepting how it is. So that's what you did for your son. You weren't prepared to accept that this is how it is and that's my only choice. And you went out there and, and made things better. Um, not just for your own son, but for the people who who followed you and and a part of first place, which is brilliant. Well, well, I, I've I've done that, but um, there's there's um, there's not an I in team, and so surrounding myself and surrounding yourselves, whoever you might be, with super smart people who complement your strengths and skills and. And also recognize that when you create a trusted team and no people are in your corner, you can have those really tough conversations yeah. and yeah. and be able to express um, and think together about the challenges um, that you're going to face. And, and believe me, there are a lot of them. Yeah. But by building a great team, uh, you'll get there. And uh, we're here to help. Brilliant. Well, Denise, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I wish you every success. And I do think I'll be dropping you an email probably in about a year's time. And I'd love to catch up then and see see where you've taken it to next because I'm sure thank there'll you, be Sarah. further development. So thank you very much for your time. And thank you for all you do to connect us. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you 
never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available, why not hit subscribe? And that way you'll never miss us. Finally, if you're not already a member of our fantastic Facebook support group, I suggest you go join it. We'd love to see you in there. There's loads of fantastic chat, lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you. So go and search on Facebook for the Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes. Speak to you then. Bye.